Hello and welcome to Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcasts. On this podcast, you will hear the latest sermons taken from our weekly worship service. Our hope is that you will find joy and comfort in knowing the forgiveness of God through Jesus Christ. Our post-Easter series continues called Stop Being Afraid. And in that interest, a group formed in 1980 called the Phobic Society of America. The Phobic Society of America had started with about 5,500 people, many more today, but now it's known as the the, uh, Anxiety and Depression Association of America. This organization has grown exponentially, and they have identified many disorders, both physiological and sociological, that are related to phobic disorders, phobia, fear. People are running scared in the world today. It's just interesting, I think, to find out um, what causes people to fear. Not that we're going to find all that out today, but have you ever thought about this? Some people who have fought in combat, in the war, fear going to the dentist. What might cause that? Maybe some people have been mountain climbers, hikers at high altitudes, but they're afraid to speak in front of people. A few of you maybe have had to have huge business decisions every day, but you're not going to check that sound in the middle of the night. You send your wife like I do. (laughs) But there's one fear that grips all of us. And that's the fear of failure. We fear failure in our society because we idolize success. Whatever we do, if we don't get first place and we don't get recognized, it means we are one big, massive failure. Trying to undo this feeling, millennials have grown up being awarded just for participation, not success. Failure hits them particularly hard when failure actually happens. You can't get around failure. You can't get it out of your psyche no matter how hard you try. In America, failure has become the unforgivable sin. Just ask the press. Just ask Noble Doss. Noble Dawson, 1941, played for the University of Texas football team, the Longhorns. Ranked the number one team in the nation back then, hoping for an undefeated season, a trip to the Rose Bowl. They faced conference rival Baylor. And in the third quarter, Noble Doss was open. Down at the 20-yard line, Longhorn quarterback launches a perfect pass. Fans rise to their feet, and the only thing between Noble Doss and the end zone was about 20 yards of green grass. But Noble Doss dropped the ball. Texas lost the game. Texas lost the conference championship. Texas lost the trip to the Super Bowl. And Texas lost the 1941 national championship. All because Noble Noble Doss dropped the ball. Just a few years ago, he was reported to have said, I think about that play every day. From 1941. 
Some of you might say, is that all? If only I had just dropped the ball in a football game. Man, I dropped the ball in my marriage many times. Dropped the ball on the job many times. Dropped the ball as a parent. Every time we drop the ball, the fear of failure lures in the back of our mind. Failure controls us just a little bit more every time we think about it. It's like an angry pack of dogs biting our butt as we run empty-handed yards short of a touchdown. Failure lurks around the next unknown adventure. What is the fear of failing doing to you? Does it make you a workaholic trying to cover up more? A perfectionist, perhaps, trying to avoid all the tacklers on the field who might rob you of your success? Does the fear of failure make you so indecisive that you stay behind the line of scrimmage and do absolutely nothing? Well, we have a text in Proverbs 24, chapter 16. Try to read it with me if you can. Though a righteous person falls seven times, they rise again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. Successful people aren't people who never fail. Successful people just keep getting up. They rise again. How does that happen? Remember, everyone fails. We all stumble in many ways, James writes in his third chapter. I have had many conversations when someone says, what if I fail? Or when planning and ministry and mission and some say, that will never work. We'll probably fail. People won't come. Nobody will want to help. Well, when I hear, what if I fail? I think, what do you mean if? Here are the facts of life. You have failed. I have failed. You are a failure right now, at least in some area of your life, and you're probably thinking about it. And you are most certainly going to fail in the future. Amen. This concludes today's sermon. Ah, just kidding. I was a failure at preaching. Isn't it true that the closest you'll ever get to perfection is when you're filling out that job application, right? Your resume. You don't put anything you failed at on your resume. Basketball players make half of their shots, even if they're good. And even when baseball players flirt with hitting 400 average, that's still failing six out of 10 times. I was listening to a baseball game the other day and a commentator said, teams and players have weeks when they excel driving up their batting average, their pitching average, their strikeout average, through the roof. But then they hit a slump. More than not, when you average out the year, they are right on average what they have been able to do in prior years. A good pitcher might fail in some cases, but he remains a good pitcher. Same for the batter, but to never fail? Paul writes to the Romans in chapter 3. He says, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Well, I challenge you to visualize this meaning of this verse in this way. Instead of saying, we all have fallen short of the glory of God, picture this. We all have fallen shorts 
before the glory of God. Our shorts fall. More times than not, life catches us with our pants down. We're embarrassed. We didn't do what we were expected. We were a failure at what we did. But realize failure is not fatal. We are hard pressed, writes Paul to the Corinthians. We're hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Some of us grew up in performance-based families. If we succeeded, we were considered valuable. If we failed, we were considered worthless. I hope that's not the case with you. But failure isn't failing to reach a goal. Failure is not setting a goal. Failure isn't failing to reach your dream. Failure is not having a dream. Failure isn't falling down. Failure is refusing to get up, both in life and in ministry. And when your shorts have fallen, you need to seek forgiveness for your failures, sometimes having to forgive yourself. And then you have to pull up your shorts and by God's grace and carry on. I knew one missionary in the ELCA who spent 20 years, 28 years of her life doing evangelistic ministry in mission in Pakistan, a Muslim nation, a woman doing missionary work in a Muslim country. In 28 years, she had one person who accepted Christ. Back in the States, she told me that she just received a letter from him. And he was doubting. Did she fail? My strategy as a young missionary in rural Panama was to plant several small local churches. The city we lived in, the city of David, was a small farming hub for dairy and grains and sugarcane and tobacco farmers, town of about 50,000 people. I had Bible studies every night of the week in people's homes and farming villages in the area. And it was not uncommon after three to four months that I would arrive at a house, knock on the door, and nobody was home. After this happened for a few weeks, I moved on, knowing they were no longer interested, and started studies with others whom I met. My ministry was revolving list of Bible studies, starting and stopping. In three years, I didn't have a cathedral filled with worshipers. We confirmed 30 people in the city, and we began worship in a storefront. While in rural areas, we continued to meet on an open-air, thatched-roof dance floor and with workers on an orange plantation. I then moved to training some in whom leadership qualities were obvious. Some stayed, some quit, Some didn't turn out to be leaders. Today, none of that exists. No success? A failure? My point, get up and pull up your shorts. Did you hit the ball the first time that you took a swing at it? Did you make a basket the first time you took a shot? Did your wife accept your proposal for marriage after the first time you proposed? Well, good for you. (laughs) Sometimes our shorts fall even in that. 
Uh, we've all missed a meal. Did we say I'm a failure at eating? I'm just going to give up. If I can't be consistent, I'm just not going to do it. Failure is not fatal. George Washington lost two-thirds of all battles he fought. He won the war. Napoleon graduated 42nd in a class of 43. There's hope. Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs, but he struck out 1,330 times. R.H. Macy failed four times before Macy's department store took off. Am I making a point here? If at first you don't succeed, it's no big deal. Failure is not fatal. Not in your life, nor in your church. To recognize the benefits, not only, as Paul writes, not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character and character, hope. Failure is one of the primary tools God uses to create perseverance, character and hope. Failure educates me. When Thomas Edison was inventing the light bulb, a reporter asked him, how does it feel to fail a thousand times? And Edison shot back, the light bulb is an invention with a thousand steps. Failure motivates me. We often don't change when we see the light. We change when we feel the heat. Failure motivates me to pray, to read my Bible, to ask Christ for help. Failure also cultivates me. Failure makes me less judgmental of others. Failure makes me humble, maybe reduces me to humility. Failure keeps me human. Failure keeps me easier to live with because then I'm not right all the time. Recognize the benefits of failure. Failure educates, it motivates it cultivates. Failure is not fatal. Not in your life, nor in the life of your church. Does your Christian life and walk stop if you don't have a building? Does the church stop its ministry if it has no building in which to worship? The answer is, of course, no, it doesn't. Our Lord says, well done, good and faithful servants to those who live out their lives in faithfulness to him, showing love and sharing salvation with others. He does not say, well done, successful servant. Because of the number of worship attendance, nor the amount of Bible studies you have, nor the amount of income and expenditures on your ledger. Reclaim God's grace. You might think God's grace has a limit and the devil loves it when you do. If he can convince us that God's grace has limits, you'll come to this conclusion. I've used up all of God's grace. I'm toast. I don't have anything more in me. I'm finished. I'm done. I'm not a good servant. Peter felt that way. After he denied Christ three times, but then what happened? The third time, he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Question, why did Jesus ask Peter three times if he loved him? Answer, Peter denied Christ three times. This is Christ's way of forgiving Peter for all three times. That's what grace sounds like. 
But Christ on the cross is what grace looks like. Jesus and the cross. Jesus falling and failing as he carries his cross to Calvary. Jesus falling and failing as Roman soldiers shove him to the ground, gamble away his garments, spike him to the cross. Jesus falls and fails as Joseph of Arimathea takes him down from the cross, crucified, dead, and soon to be buried. Jesus was faithful to his father, although falling and apparently failing. But we have a text. Though a righteous person falls seven times, they rise again. Yes, he does. We exclaim it at Easter. Christ is risen and he is risen indeed Jesus of Nazareth the ultimate righteous perfect man he fell wounded fell rejected seemingly defeated but he most defiantly and definitely rises again Christ is alive Easter announces God's grace pulsating pounding overflowing unending grace for you because you failed and you rise in him So what are you refusing to do because you're afraid to fail? Is it a heart-to-heart talk with a friend, a spouse, a child? Is it the next step in your education? Is God prompting you to make some Christian lifestyle changes that make you shiver and shake of the unknown? Do you think in your life or in this congregation that you have failed? You want to give up? The fear of failure locks us behind bars. It robs us of joy and happiness. And if left unchecked, the fear of failure will most certainly suck life completely out of you. That's why we have a text. Though a righteous person falls seven times, they rise again. But the wicked are brought down by calamity. Proverbs 24, 16. Meaning what? Meaning it's time to pull up your shorts. To know more about Jesus and our ministry at Grace Lutheran Church, please find us at www.gracealoneonline.org. You'll find additional sermon podcasts and your favorite podcast channel every week at www.gracealoneonline.org forward slash sermons.